Hello and get ready. Prepare your heart as we dive into the Word of God. Pastor Steve Castle of Beloved Church in Lena, Illinois, is about to lead you into a life-changing encounter with grace and truth. Jesus Christ has a divine destiny for those who are willing to open their hearts to receive His favor and blessing into their life. Our prayer is that you will allow the presence of the Holy Spirit to radically display the Father's love for you. You are part of God's beloved family, and that means you are greatly loved. Now over to Pastor Steve. We are in a new series. (laughs) Amen. I've had to... I'm so glad that the Father had us go through soul success because I have had to be on purpose with keeping my soul confined. Going into this series because um, I anticipate that this will be the greatest series that we have had an opportunity to experience together. And I'm not saying that because I'm the preacher of it. I'm saying that because I am seeing some things that I have never, never received in my heart and in Revelation as I have been preparing to get into this series. And when these things fully and completely develop in me to the place of transformation, and when they fully develop in you to the place of transformation, I'm expecting that this body... This is going to be in incredible, incredible advancements in every way that we can measure it. And if that's your anticipation, if that's where you are, I will give you a money-back guarantee that the Father will exceed your expectations. Now, if you're just here and you're like, hey, whatever, shut up, preacher, and start preaching, get the thing done because I got lunch a-cooking. You may or may not experience what the person next to you is going to experience. I'm encouraging you uh, from my heart. Paul used to tell the churches, he said, you know, I have the right as an apostle to, to lay it down. And he very seldom ever did. The reason was is because if you just kind of do it from command then you're always going to be on that tenuous place of operating close to the law. And the law kills, the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And so I'm going to just encourage you, not only that when you come as part of this series, that you come expecting to receive what the Spirit of the Lord has to say to you and to your circumstances, to your future, Um, but also that you uh, purpose in your heart that you want to be a part of all of these messages, because I'm going to build. Today I'm going to lay a foundation as best as I can with with the time and the ability that I have to lay this foundation. But this is only going to be a foundation. And I'm going to build the next part and build the next part and build the next part. And if you miss a part... Anybody ever built anything and you missed the middle section? Gets a little wobbly. And I'm not saying that, you know, again, I'm not trying to put commands on anybody, but I'm saying, like, I I really expect, I have a huge expectancy 
that this is going to take us to places that we have never experienced in our lives, our hearts, our marriages, our health, our finances. And I see now, I literally last night as I was meditating on this, I was like, oh my gosh, soul success literally has led perfectly and congruently into what we're about to do. (laughs) So for those of you that were really engaged with soul success, you're you're going to be prepped in a way that um, some other folks aren't. If you are not in a revelatory place as it relates to soul success, we will be happy to get that series to you in uh, in audio if you'd like. We can put it on a USB. Um, if you are not caught up on soul success and you want to see the video of it, Obviously, on our YouTube channel, you can subscribe, you can go and look, you can go and watch. I would encourage you to share, watch and share. Um, There's a lot of people that don't have a clue to the truths that we cover on a regular basis. And I'm not not saying that to, like, tout beloved church like we're the end-all, be-all. I'm saying that because I minister to hundreds, hundreds of people in a in a month, that are not a part of this body. And when I hear what other people believe and think and what they've been taught at some of their churches, it literally breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. There are people that are, um, not that long ago, I talked to someone who was 52 years old, who was about to be thrown out of their house or apartment um, because they have no money, their car was broken, they were dealing with uh, drug and alcohol addictions in their family. Uh, they had a 30-year ungodly relationship that they were in. They were sick. They had zero self-esteem. They did not even know if God loved them. And they had been a member of a church and been in that church nearly every Sunday since they were 12. Which leads me into my lead-off statement for this series. The King and Kingdom. This is kind of my my purpose. My get right at it, stick it to you. Hopefully this gets in your crawl and doesn't get loose. The reputation and character of the King... The reputation and character of the king is illustrated in the lives of the citizens of his kingdom. The reputation and character of the king is illustrated in the lives of the citizens of his kingdom. Paul said that we are a living epistle, read and seen of all men. One of the, one of the most detracting and heartbreaking things that I have seen take place in the body of Christ, and I honestly think that this dynamic is happening unchecked. I'm not necessarily saying it's growing, but I have seen that it's been unchecked. 
that a lot of folks have come to Christ for very, very selfish and self-centered reasons. And that's okay if when you come to Him, you go to a cross and die. But if somehow you get past the cross and your Christianity is nearly completely about you, you didn't go to the cross. And I'm telling you that this is... I don't necessarily know that it's in this room. I, I can't think of, of having any conversations with any of you where I've walked away and said, "Woo!" <laughs> but this happens a lot where like, man, if I, if I don't get healing by God, I'm out of here. I'm giving up on this. If God doesn't do this, you know, then obviously he's not a good God. Um, you're a people that live completely messed up, jacked up lives. And then they go on Facebook and they tout all of their amazing Christianity. Um, don't. You. Now, I, can, I can't talk to the whole world and hold them accountable, but I can hold you accountable. If I go across to your Facebook, and you're out there, and you're, you're cussing somebody, and you're, you're mad, and you're angry, and you're going to do this and do that, or if I see you in the street doing any of that kind of stuff, me and you are going to the woodshed. If you want to misrepresent your heart, that's fine. But when you sit in here, folks know you're showing up. Right. <laughs> They're watching. <laughs> I don't want to freak anybody out, but there's a lot of folks that aren't super happy with Beloved Church. And they're watching, and they're seeing who's coming in and going out. I would love for them to, come, to watch who's coming in and going out, and then go and see you in the Walmart, and go and see you at the Farm and Fleet, and go and see you at the gas station, and you are carrying Beloved and you are carrying the king's nature, the king's essence. And you're carrying the love of God. And you're carrying the grace of God. And the way that you talk to your spouse. And the way that you talk to your children. Is representative of the kingdom that you say that you're a part of. Now if any of that is jacked up, praise God you're here. Praise God you're here. <laughs> we can help if you're humble enough and transparent enough to allow someone to help. Amen. But if you think you got it all figured out and you're going to go out there and act a fool, don't buy the beloved shirts that Bob said are on sale. <laughs> Please. I will hold you accountable. I'm not here to build a church. This is His church. Amen. This is the Lord Jesus Christ's church. Not my church. I'm not in charge of building it. I'm not in charge of managing it. I'm not in charge of supervising it. I'm, not, I'm in charge of shepherding it. Which means that any sheep that say that they're a part of this fold, it is my responsibility to make sure that you go to the still waters and you go to the green pastures and you represent the flock. And I'm not saying all this to get in anybody's P's and Q's. I'm just letting you know that if you say that you love the Lord, if you say that you're part of the kingdom, if you say that you're a child, an offspring of God, 
that should be very, very easily read in the way that you live your life. And the selflessness in which you live it. And I want to be a part of that, people. And I believe that most of you do as well. And I believe this is going to get us there. I want people to see my King. I want people to see my Lord. I want people to see my Savior. I want people to see the lover of my soul. Everywhere I go. And in everything I do. My life is not my own. It's been bought with a price. And that price is the blood of God. And if that's not enough to shake you, I've got nothing else to offer. Matthew chapter 6. If you do not have a Bible... We have got to get you one. You will never, ever understand the kingdom of God without having the manual, the constitution of that kingdom. If you do not have a Bible, please raise your hand. We will give you one, two, three, whatever you need. If you need one for each bathroom, because that's the place where you are the most chill, we will give you as many as you need. If you don't have a Bible and you have a Bible app, please get that out. I want to make sure that when we go through these things that you see in your Bible, in your Bible app, the truths. And so nobody can leave here and say, well, Steve thinks this. Don't you dare. If you go out of here quoting me, I have failed. If you go out of here quoting your King, your Lord, your Savior... I have won. And I'm a winner, so I'm going to win. You don't get to quote Steve. You can quote Jesus. You can quote the Father. You can quote who they quote. Matthew chapter 6. These are incredibly familiar scriptures, most likely, for everyone in here. Jesus was asked by his disciples how to pray. Uh, real quick, something about discipleship. A true disciple of the Lord is someone that desires to be trained, disciplined, and seeks that out. Not every Christian is a disciple. I'm sorry, I've been doing this a long time. 23 years I've been in full or part-time ministry. I've been doing this a long time. The percentage of actual disciples that are even in a healthy church, like what we have, is very, very slim. Because people really don't want another person in their lives helping do their lives. Because it messes with their pride and arrogancy. (laughs) People don't like that. And I know you're thinking, well, I don't have any pride or arrogancy. (laughs) Jesus' disciples were so aware of the effectiveness and the power of the way that the Lord interacted with the Father that they came up to Him and said, Lord, teach me to pray. I've only had about five people in my life ever say that to me. 
his entire discipleship crew said that to him. Which means that I'm probably not displaying that as well as I could, because I don't have all of my disciple crew coming up to me and saying, please, pastor, teach me to pray. His did. Which means that I have a lot more opportunity to show and experience and grow and learn in the power of prayer in my own life. And I'll say this. They didn't come up to him because they seen Jesus walk away 10 feet away, get on his knees and cry out, Oh God, please give my prayers. He lived a life. He was a walking prayer. He was in constant, un, uh, undeviated and perfect communication with the Father all day, every day. Prayer wasn't something that he stopped and went and did. Prayer was something that he lived. And his disciples said, Lord, teach us that. The first thing that Jesus did when he taught his disciples how to pray was he taught them how to not pray. I'm in really good company when people say, hey, pastor, teach me how to do this. And then I spend the first part of all of the discipleship I do with them, telling them what not to do. This is exactly what Jesus did when he taught his disciples how to pray. He said, don't do it like the hypocrites. Don't do it like the Pharisees. Don't do it like this person. Don't do it in repetition. He told them what not to do. When you come to the Lord and you say, Lord, please teach me how to, it is very likely that he's going to say, all right, let me show you what not to do. So if that, if that messes with you because you don't want to be, you don't want the Lord to tell you what not to do, you are likely not to receive what to do. Because he starts there. If you're going to plant a very fruitful garden, and right now it's just backyard, there's a whole process that you need to do before you put a kernel of corn in the ground. And the Lord knows that about your heart. He would love to prepare your heart if you give him permission. And a lot of folks don't. But if you are willing, he can do things with your garden that you didn't know were possible. So after he told them what not to do, he then went into what to do. And probably everyone in this room has said this. Probably most of this room can quote it. Which is, this is, that's what's gonna make this so radical, cause I'll almost guarantee that very few people in this room actually know what they're saying. Kind of our religious system. We say the Lord's Prayer and don't have a clue what we just said. And we definitely didn't pray it. And it's religion, traditions of men that make the Word of God of no effect. Jesus said that. Jesus is the Word of God. So for the Word of God, Jesus, to say that your traditions make Him of no effect, it should shake the core of every one of us. And make us reject with like spiritual vomiting anything that's traditions of men and religion. Therefore, He said, after He said, Don't pray like this. 
Therefore, after this manner, after this manner, in this way, like this, Jesus never said to quote this. (laughs) I know, here I go already. I know you love me. I can feel it radiating. Not one time did Jesus ever tell anyone to quote this. This has been called the Lord's Prayer. Oh, you poor, poor sucker, you. This is not the Lord's Prayer. This was how the Lord taught disciples to pray. The Lord did not pray this. The Lord didn't have any trespasses that needed to be forgiven. Amen. Amen. (laughs) You're going to have to help me a little bit because this is important. 43% of evangelicals in America, according to a survey done this year, 43% of evangelicals do believe that Jesus sinned. The, the moans from the room actually give me great peace. That means that I've done a good job of teaching the church. <laughs> 43% of evangelicals, not 43% of the Christians, because that number would be way higher, because a lot of people call themselves Christians and they're nowhere near evangelical. 43% of evangelicals believe that Jesus sinned. So when I say the Lord didn't pray this for himself because he didn't have any trespasses that needed to be forgiven, and you guys say, Amen. (laughs) The reason I'm poking at that is because I need like that rousing like, Amen. Jesus never trespassed anyone. He didn't miss it. He was the perfect Lamb of God without spot or wrinkle. His blood was completely pure of all unholiness and unrighteousness. So therefore, when we are washed in that blood, we can stand before Him righteous and truly holy because He was righteous and truly holy as God is holy. So He was holy. There you go. I'm at the right church. Therefore, in this manner, like this, don't quote this, pray like this. And I'm okay if you quote it, okay? That's not the point. The point is, if you're going to quote it, know it. If you don't know what he's saying, don't quote it. He literally said two verses before, don't do that. He said, don't say vain, repetitious words. Those of you that actually have your Bible open, look, two verses before, don't you dare say vain, repetitious words. And so then what does the church do? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Two verses before. (laughs) Son, don't go out there and play in the street. This street? (laughs) I know all the parents in the room are like, I'm not picking on Gunner. He he didn't... (laughs) He, 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 we didn't let them play in the street because we lived in Texas. And those folks, they don't play. <laughs> it's, it's literally like what all parents have experienced. Hey, don't do that. You mean this? Dear Jesus. Yes, that. 
The Lord has said, hey, don't don't pray vain repetitious prayers. You mean like this, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be. Just like that, yes, don't, don't, don't. (laughs) Okay, Lord. (laughs) What do you mean by Lord? Uh, That's just what we say. Yeah, another vain repetitious word. Uh, we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> at, at, Shundai. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Um, I probably, most Christians don't know what the word pray means. I'm not, again, I'm not picking. My job is to, is to educate, is to, is to bring us into revelation. The word pray does not mean Rub the genie bottle and wait for the puff of smoke to come out. I know everybody's smiling at me and nodding and all that kind of stuff. And oh, I know that, Pastor. Well, then, what do you think it is? Well, if God was a genie, you're right, maybe like that. That's not what the word pray means, beloved. Amen. The word prayer is prosuka something. I'm not Kone Greek, so you can look it up. It's a compound word of two different Greek words. Pros, which means toward or exchange. To exchange. I have something, I give it to you. You have something, I receive it. That's the first part of the compound word that we get pray. To exchange. To go towards an exchange. To go towards an exchange. I need a person. Chris. Be God. Chris has... A gift for me. And I have something. So the first part of this word means that I, as the prayer, have to close the gap in order for there to be an exchange. He offers it to me. I offer to him. It's not take. It's not demand. It's not... That is the first word, is to go towards... And to offer to one another. This is why intimacy is built into this word. I I, I need us all to kind of be there. When you're praying, you're not A, from way far away. Because when most people say, Our Father who art in heaven, they think, Earth. And heaven! In whatever universe, way over there. And if I scream loud enough. Some of you have been in prayer meetings. I'll say this. The people that think the louder they need to pray, they tend to be farther away from God. Amen. Uh, These professional intercessors, uh, I better not go there. It means to go towards and to offer, to exchange. 
So that means what I have, I give to my Father. What my Father has, He gives to me. So if you don't know what the Father has, prayer is going to be super difficult for you. This is why it's incredibly important to know His nature, His character, to know what it's, uh, what you're going to expect in His presence. Even if you're allowed to be in His presence. Because a lot of people don't think they are because they just think that they're unholy and defiled and they don't have the right to be this close. Or they think that great big God and you need to grovel and please can I have rent. And he's still going like this right here. Just a little rent money. Don't you know that my electric bill, $100, please, $100. There, I do not know Chris's. Chris is a great guy. He's not God. <laughs> I know, you guys are shocked. <laughs> Chris is not God. If you knew Chris, some of you do. If you knew Chris, like you actually were, had relationship with, which a bunch of you do. If you knew Chris, you knew his character. And you happen to stumble into the room, and you've seen this take place. Chris, can I please? Just $20, I'm starving. What would you immediately think of Chris's character? Now think about it. A lot of people's prayer life are exactly that. Exactly that. You are not convinced of the Father's character... (laughs) And neither is anybody listening to your prayer. Because they are thinking that your God is mean. He won't give you $20 for food. Beloved, we, this, this is one of the main things that we've got to do. We have got to give the world the proper and true opinion of the Father. So that they can, can Hebrews 4.16, boldly walk into the throne room of grace and obtain mercy at a time of need. Boldly. If I know Chris, if I'm close to Chris, and I am, he's a great guy, I know that I could boldly walk up to him and say, bro, I lost my pocket knife. Can I have a pocket knife? If he has one, it's mine. I'll guarantee you. I'll guarantee you. I'll guarantee you. Now, what does the Father have? Second Peter chapter 1. All things that pertain unto life and godliness. All things. So if he has all things, and if I'm convinced of his character, and I know what his will is, this is going to be the greatest moment of the day. And I will promise you, if I told almost everybody in this room, I want you to go home tonight and spend one hour in prayer. You might not do it because you're super holy in a Christian church, but you would roll your eyes, oh God, an hour in prayer. Thanks. The reward. 
the reward for spending an hour. My father has better rewards. Oh, that's the little tears. Oh. <laughs> After this manner, therefore, pray ye, pray to go towards and exchange. The second part of that word is exuomai, whatever, and it means to wish. And I know that's messing with all the Christians, all the religious people. Well, we don't wish. I know. You're so holy, you don't have any wishes. Okay, well, I'm not as holy as you, and I have wishes. There are things that I wish. There are things that I want to see. There are things that I imagine. There are things that I desire. It's amazing, too, because I even have some scriptures that say that God will give you the desires of your heart. Which means that my heart has to have desires in order for the Father to give them to me. But you're way too holy to have desires of your heart. You, you just walk around and you're super pious. And you don't have any desires, any, any wishes, any imaginations. Because you're very holy. I'm not as holy as you. And I have a ton of imaginations. There's a great number of things that I want to see happen in people's lives. Happen in my region. Happen in my wife. I... Often, we are laying in bed, and I will put my hands on her head, I'll stroke her hair, and I'll say, Father, I thank you that you give my wife the desires of her heart, every desire you give her. And the amazing thing is, is I will guarantee you that the Holy Spirit right now on the inside of each of us is stroking our head and say, Father, I want to comfort them with the desires of all of their hearts. So if you put these two words together, it means to come close and to exchange your desires for His desires. Now, our Father, who is in the heaven realm, heaven is not a place It's not a GPS coordinate. It's a realm. Heaven is right here. And I know you're probably thinking, well, this is the suckiest heaven ever. It's because you are only experiencing a physical realm. And if that's your realm, then I agree. Suckiest ever. But if you realize that two realms can take up the same place at the same time, it's just simple, simple quantum physics. Yes. <laughs> Bob and I, Bob and I, amen. Bob and I were on a mission trip in, in Pakistan and we were talking about all the kingdom stuff and we were just like, what? And, he, and he's like, yeah, and you know the, the thing with the stuff? It's just simple quantum physics. And I'm like, simple quantum physics? Quantum physicists don't understand quantum physics. And he's like, it's simple. <laughs> okay. And the amazing thing is, he was right and I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> it is. It's just simple quantum physics. Right now, we have access to the realm of heaven. Yes. Yes. That's pretty good. And we're in a natural realm. Yes. 
This is real wood. It's really here. And heaven's really here. Well, no, it ain't. I can't see it. Well, God bless you. Do you know right now, there is a UHF signal that is leaving my rear end area and going to the Zach area? (laughs) I have a lot of things. Never mind, I won't say it. (laughs) It is so powerful that it's carrying my voice, the inflection of my voice. It's going to probably be around for dozens or hundreds of years if the Lord tarries. And you can't see it. And you can't feel it. And you didn't know it was happening until I just said so. It didn't make it any less real. It didn't mean that it wasn't happening. It just means you weren't real bright. And I'm not being mean. I'm just saying, like, it doesn't, just because you can't see heaven, feel heaven, smell heaven, taste heaven, doesn't mean it's not here. It just means you're really carnal. And that's okay. Jesus loves carnal people. But he wants you to experience heaven. It's here. It's really here. So let me go even deeper. You know heaven is actually more real than this. That chair that you're sitting in? Temporal. That body you're living in? Uh, I know I'm going to mess with all the young people in the room. Because they think that they're immortal and their bodies are amazing. So did I. And then there was a day. It was called reality. And I realized that my body was not yet immortal. It was a sad day. Very sad day. My wife helped me through that day. She was telling me how immortal I was for a long time. And I finally got it. Revelation. That this was temporal. You know that spouse you got that maybe you do, maybe you don't, super love? You could just stick it out for another 30, 40 years and then say, see ya. Because there's no marriage in heaven. Nobody, amen, because then we're all going to know somebody needs some marriage counseling. The people whose your spouses aren't here that you know why they're not here because something's not quite right on the inside of them. Hey, it's either going to get right or you're both going to heaven. And it'll get right there. And there's no marriage. There's no given in marriage. Everything in your life in this realm is temporal. That realm, the heavenly realm, is eternal. And that realm made this realm. Genesis chapter 1. If you don't believe me, the Bible records the event. God, heavenly, Son, heavenly, Holy Spirit, heavenly, together, in unity, made this realm. 
so that we could experience in this realm what they were already experiencing in their realm. Right. Amen. So when I say, Father, who's in heaven, I'm not talking to someone way off out there. I'm talking to someone right here. And so I can say, Father, in heaven. I don't even have to scream it. He heard me, because he's right here. Hallowed, revered, holy, beyond comparison is your name. And remember, name means essence, honor, character, authority. It doesn't mean name like Steve, S-T-E-V-E. When you say God, in fact, the name of God by, by Jewish, Orthodox Jewish folks, they don't write it. It's called the Tetragramma, whatever that word is. It's four letters, which is where we get Jehovah. They won't write the name of God because the name of God is so holy. One of the things that they were offended at Jesus, because they said, well, you're making yourself out to be the Son of God. There's no way that you're that holy, because God is so holy, we can't even say His name. And then Jesus comes along and says, His name is Father. Ah, How dare you? Father. His name, His essence, His character, His honor... His authority is to be honored, to be revered. And the number one cuss word, if you turn on YouTube, would be His name as a curse. (coughs) Nobody cusses in the name of Allah. Nobody cusses in the name of, of Vishnu. Why do they cuss in the name of our God? It's to destroy his character, to destroy honor, to destroy the essence of who he is, and to do it with contempt. And beloved, I, I pray, I desire that no one in this room has that amount of disdain for God that that would ever leave your lips anything dishonorable to the character, the honor, the authority, and the essence of the most holy God, the most revered God, who also is your Father. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth As it is in heaven, you have said this a thousand times and had no idea what you were saying. The first thing that should come out of our lips if we are truly going towards the Father to exchange is to lay down my will and take up His will. And it looks like heaven. Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. If Jesus said pray, 
that his kingdom come, that means it has yet to come. But he wants it to come. So Jesus' desire and the Father's desire, based upon how he told us to pray, means that both Jesus and the Father have a, a, a perfectly uh, unified will, which is for heaven's reality to be earth's reality. That's what he wants us to exchange when we come to him in intimacy and boldness. Father, how can I get your heavenly reality to take place in my body, in my marriage, in my children, in, in my region, in my finances, in my, in, in, in the government, dear Jesus? How can I do that, Father? How can I exchange what we got? Because I definitely want to take it back. I need a gift receipt for this government. Because this government needs to go back from wherever we bought it. (laughs) We need an exchange policy that is wide open. (laughs) In Jesus' name. And I want to exchange it for the government of my father. Which is kingdom. When you say kingdom, you're saying the king's dominion. The king's dominion. Do not answer the question I'm about to ask. Because I do not want to embarrass anybody. And I know I will if you answer. Is God in control of everything? Is God in charge and in control of everything? Probably 95% of every believer would answer that question resoundingly yes. And that shows our ignorance and our inability to affect our world. The king's dominion is where the king has dominion. (laughs) Amen. The way that you will find out where the king's dominion is, is because the dominion that you're looking at will look like the king. I know this is crazy, crazy complicated. Okay. At Steve's house, which is really Kay's house, but we'll pretend. At Steve's house, some of Steve, maybe not a good example. Ooh, ooh, in Steve's garage. (laughs) Now we're getting somewhere. In Steve's garage. If you come into Steve's garage, this is how things will be in Steve's garage. I'm not even joking. I got these tools right here. I got these tools right here. I know where all my tools are. I know what they're for. Most of them. Sometimes I just buy them because I like tools. They're all organized. I know where they are. In fact, multiple people in this room has called me. Hey, do you have such and such? Yes, I do. Can I borrow it? Yes, you can. Where is it? It's on this shelf, on this position. The door's open. Go get it. 
Thanks. In Steve's dominion, things are the way Steve wants them, for the most part. And if someone comes in there, they better follow Steve's dominion. So, based upon the fact that I have a very limited dominion, and I have very limited authority and power, but yet you can still see by the way my dominion operates that that is my will. That is what I'm in charge of. That is what I control. Now, for those of you that think that God's in control of everything and God's in charge of everything and God's working everything and it's all somehow God's will that all these things are taking place, then you think the Father is a rapist? Is a murderer? Is a child molester? Is a racist, bigoted, sexist, arrogant? How deep do you want to go on this? Because all that stuff has taken place in this realm. You step outside of those doors and not everybody's lovely. And not everybody's perfect. I know in here, perfect. (laughs) In Jesus' name. Calling those things that be not as though they are. I'm a good man of faith. You step outside of there, and there are people that will steal from you. That will hurt you. That will take things from you that don't belong to them. That will abuse you. Use you. Hurt you on purpose. And some of them for ridiculous and ignorant reasons, like they don't like your color. They don't like your economic status. They don't like who you voted for. So they'll burn your house down. That happens out there. That is not God's will, beloved. That is not God's will. That doesn't happen in heaven. If you want to know what God's will is, then just look at the place that God's will is perfectly taking place. How many people are being vandalized in heaven? I I know, like everybody's like, hold on, let me think about it, because this is complicated. How many people died of cancer in heaven today? Whoa, 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 whoa. You're saying in heaven, it's God's will and God's dominion that no one get or die from cancer? What is wrong with you crazies? Because people get and die from cancer all the time down here. It has to be God's will. Right? Because if it wasn't God's will, it wouldn't happen. Hey, gals, one third of you have been absolutely mistreated by a man. It was not God's will. That man took something that didn't belong to him. The Father's will is to give it back to you. And he can 
And He will. If you allow yourself to go to His domain and receive from Him what He would like to exchange with you. In this realm, something was taken from you and you can never get it back. In His realm, He has eternal gifts that are without repentance, that are better than anything that you've ever knew existed in that realm. In the king's dominion, in the king's realm, things happen the way the king desires. Outside of his realm, things happen whoever has the power. I pray, I wish, I pray that everyone in this room is paying very close attention to what is happening in American politics right now. It is the most blatant example of people willing to do anything for power and control to bring people into their abilities and make all of us little slaves to their plantation. They're willing to cheat. They're willing to lie. They're willing to steal. They're willing to manipulate. They're willing to do anything, which is exactly what their father does. The father was a liar, and he's the father, his, their father was a liar, and he is the father of all lies. If there's a lie, it came from him. And what's playing out in our political system is playing out in the spiritual realm And there's a place, there's a border, a kingdom has a border. I know this is shocking to folks because we don't think about this, but every kingdom has a border. Inside the borders, that's their kingdom. Outside their borders, that's not their kingdom. So things that happen outside of the borders of the kingdom are not congruent with what would happen inside the kingdom Because otherwise, it would be in the kingdom. And I know that people don't like to talk about borders in today's world. But you better understand that there are borders. And nobody's getting into the kingdom realm without going past the borders. And according to the Bible, there's actually gates and doors. And I know that's super not politically correct in today's world to say that there's gates and borders and doors. It doesn't change it. The reason is, is because the Father desires that only things that are supposed to be inside the borders are there, and things that are supposed to be outside of the borders stay there. And then He put the church on the border. Matthew 16. And I know I'm getting deep, but I trust you. And He said, the church is going to be the entity that is going to keep the gates of hell where they belong. And you know what the church has done? Hey, Hal! <laughs> Glad you showed up. We're seeker sensitive. Come on in. Um, you're doing that to Tab? Well, I don't really like it that you're doing that to Tab, but I mean, it must be God's will. 
We are supposed to say, you shall not pass. And we have been saying, well, I guess since it's God's will, because everything happens in His control, and He's in charge of everything, I guess since you've shown up to hurt everyone in my building, Jesus is a shepherd. If you are His, what would a shepherd do if a wolf decided to get past the borders? If you know anything about the story of David, you better pray that he uses the slingshot because the lion and the bear died from one blow. And you think that David has more heart for his natural fluffy sheep than the Father in heaven has for you that he died for and shed his own blood to get you? Beloved, that is a maligning of the character of your Father. He wants every good and every perfect gift to come down from you because He is the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. If it's good, it's from your Father. If it's bad... It's from the other father. And we need to at least recognize the difference. In the king's dominion of our king, his dominion takes place exactly the way he wants it to happen. If you want to know what that looks like, the Bible will show you. It will look like the garden before sin. It will look like revelation after sin. So if you want to know, it's the garden before sin. It's the new Jerusalem after sin. That's exactly what would happen if God's will was taking place perfectly in the realm that you were in. So everything that you're experiencing today... You can measure by that standard. If it looks like heaven, then it's the king's dominion. If it doesn't look like heaven, it's not the king's dominion. Now here's the unique thing. We're actually called to be in both. We are citizens of heaven and ambassadors to earth. Man, I hope you get this. What does an ambassador do? He goes from a nation as a representative to another nation to give a clear character example of the nation that he represents. If he tries to do something that's his own, he gets fired. And they might leave him there. And they might kill him. If I'm going as an ambassador from the nation of heaven, from the kingdom of heaven, and I come to this earth, I don't get to tell you what I think. I only get to tell you what the king says. I don't get to live how I want to live. I can only live the way the king has sent me to live. It's his kingdom. 
When I was in Thailand, it was interesting. We were driving around. Uh, I won't ask. But we were driving around. I was, man, I just got transparent. Sometimes I sneak into my transparency and I don't even realize it. I think the Lord sets me up. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> uh, so I got lost. Um, man, this is going to go badly. So I went for a walk um, because I like to walk. I don't know if you know, I try to walk four to six miles every day. Uh, I love walking. It's like personal time with the Lord. I was out walking. And it's in Thailand. And if you've ever been in Thailand, none of the signs are in English. I know, shocking. <laughs> Thailand is actually a kingdom. They have a king and it's a kingdom. Which, so it's a unique place in the United States. And so I was walking. And I, you know, a wise person would be like, Go to a road, take a left, 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 and you'll be back where you were. Well, I didn't realize all the roads didn't have a left. But I figured I could figure it out. <laughs> so I didn't figure it out. And um, after three hours, I didn't really recognize anything. So, in my infinite wisdom and in my great humility, I finally called a tuk-tuk. A tuk-tuk is a little... Three-wheeled, you'll just have to look it up. It, they're super familiar in Thailand. So I called a tuk-tuk. I finally found one that could somewhat exchange with me in English. And I told him, I showed him a picture of my hotel. And then I showed him the second picture. And I'm at least that smart, so give me some grace. Showed him a picture of the hotel, and I showed him the second picture of the address of the hotel in Thai. And he's like, oh, yeah. So he got it. So we're in the tuk-tuk. We're driving Back to my hotel, I hope. <laughs> I really was hoping. <laughs> and we drive past this. I don't even know how to explain it. It was like you left the ghetto garbage and you like went into like a Hollywood mansion. I mean, we drove past. It was beautiful, spotless, the trees were pristine, beautiful walls and beautiful gates and everything was just, I was like, man, who lives there? I mean, it was like the mansion of all mansions, right in the middle of Thailand, of, of Chiang Mai, which is where I was. I'm like, what is going on here? And so I tapped my tuk-tuk driver, I'm like, hey, what's that? He goes, ah, American Embassy. That embassy stood as a memorial to the nation that it represented. And every Thai person walking by that embassy had to say, wow, if that's what it's like in America, I hope I get to go. And I say, I pray that people walk by your life and they say, man, if that's what it's like in heaven, if that's what it's like with a father, I want to go. Amen. Evangelism shouldn't be something you've got to go force upon someone. Evangelism is a gift. The gospel is such good news that people should say, are you for real? Amen. 
yes, I'm for real. That's how much the Father loves you. He desired you so deeply that He was willing to sacrifice His only Son. One third of the Trinity was put on the chopping block to become a bloody mess just so He could get you into His King dominion. And we should be taking the borders of our kingdom and ever push them and ever push them into our family, into our workplaces, into education, into politics, into media, until the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God. going to leave you with this. Dr. F.C. Grant says, It may be said that the teaching of Jesus concerning the kingdom of God represents His whole teaching. I cannot tell you how disheartening it is. How literally irritating. I get mad. <laughs> and I get rebuked. But I still get mad. When I hear ignorant people, especially in the media, tell me on TV what Jesus preached. Well, Jesus preached love and inclusion. Jesus preached acceptance. Jesus preached... Bull! They ain't never read a Bible. They ain't never read the Lord's words. They don't have a clue what He preached. Let me tell you what He preached. Repent! For the kingdom of God is in your hand. That's what he preached. I'll prove it. Not today. But as you stick with me. It may be said that the teaching of Jesus concerning the kingdom of God represents his whole teaching. It is the main determinative subject of all of his discourses. His ethics were ethics of the kingdom. His theology was theology of the kingdom. His teaching regarding himself cannot be understood apart from his interpretation of the kingdom of God. He was a son of the kingdom. When he says he who the son makes free is free indeed, he was talking about heaven. He was talking about the kingdom that he came from. When he said that in my my father's house there's many rooms... He was saying, I've been there. I know. That's what it's like in the kingdom. When someone cries out, Son of David, have mercy on me. I'm blind. Oh, there's no blind in the kingdom. Have some kingdom. Lord, how will we pay the taxes? That's why he kind of giggled. Taxes. Oh, these, these poor Romans. I tell you what, Peter, go catch a fish. This will mess with them. (laughs) Lord, there's 15,000 people and they've been here for three days listening to your sermons. I'm letting that sink in so that people get it. Like, I'm having mercy on you not preaching three days. Jesus didn't have mercy on the people. He preached for three days. We can't handle 30 minutes. 
we wonder why Jesus was able to expand the kingdom way better than we do now. Any hooser. Lord, they've been here three days. 15,000 people. What are we going to do? They're probably really hungry. (laughs) Jesus is like, well, what do you got? All we have is these two little fishies and five loaves of bread. Okay. The kingdom is not limited to your resources. And if the kingdom needs to make something, it'll just make something. If it needs to duplicate something, it'll duplicate something. And there's nobody hungry in the kingdom. So I'm just going to release the kingdom. And he did. And the disciples picked up more baskets full than what they started with. Do that math. Well, if I don't, if it's not scientifically, right, this COVID, it's scientific. This is how we need to do scientific. Uh, Jesus has a little bit of a different science. And, 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 and his science is actually like trumps their science. His science is I'm healthy and I lay hands on a COVID person and they become healthy. Their science is you have COVID and you come within whatever range. I mean, it's six feet, it's 12 feet, it's 20, it's 30 minutes, it's 20 minutes, it's with or without a mask, it's if you sneeze or if you talk in it, but they don't know. But if you, whatever, then you give your COVID to someone. That's their science. In the kingdom that I'm from, the science says, I have health and I give it to you. In the kingdom of this earth, I have COVID and I give it to you. Which kingdom would you like to have the science of? Well, you're crazy, preacher. I know, I'm crazy like Jesus. Fine, leave us alone. We're having a great life. Amen. Amen. You were brought into this kingdom. And you can live here to whatever degree you are willing to allow the king's dominion to rule and reign in your heart and your mind. Anywhere that you want to have your dominion, it's going to look like Steve's garage. Anywhere you want to have the king's dominion, it's going to look like heaven. It's available to everyone. Jesus said, freely you've received, freely give. You cannot buy real estate in heaven. You can only have it given to you. All right, that's this much of an introduction. No. <laughs> I, I hope that this has got in you and it has stirred some juices. Because there are things in us that need to be stirred. We are nowhere near where we should or could be. And we don't get to say, well, I guess, and just lay down and let the world come ravaging over us and our children and our grandchildren. That is not okay. 
If we say that this is the way it should be, then we should at least be honest enough with our friends and neighbors and families to say, I don't know what it's going to take, but I'll fight for you. I'll fight for you. Your Savior fought for you. Greater love has no man than this, than he lay his life down for his friend. And I'm going to fight for my neighbor. I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to kick devil tail. I'm going to punch him in the face. I'm going to curse him in the name of Jesus. I'm going to do everything I can to stand in the gap for you. Because I want to see his kingdom come and his will done in your life as it is in heaven. Congruent with that, I would like to bless you. So if you'd please rise. And the reason I like for folks to rise is because this is like a very good prose for a person who is really willing to receive. Thank you so much for sharing a few moments with us as we have encountered Jesus Christ through the ministry of His precious, life-changing Word. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of Pastor Steve Castle and Beloved Church, please visit us online at BelovedChurchIllinois.com or call us at 815-990-0367. Always remember that you are part of the Beloved Family of God and at Beloved Church, this is where you are greatly loved. Now please open your heart as Pastor Steve proclaims the blessing of the Father over your life. Beloved, I pray, I desire, I declare that above all things that you allow the finished work of the cross to bring prosperity into your finances and also divine health prospering your body and all of these things are going to affect you in a supernatural way as you allow your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, and your personality to be perfected in prosperity that the Father desires for you to have. We love you, and we cannot wait to see and be with you again soon. Goodbye, beloved.